What is up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Combo's Court, episode 421, to be exact. Let's get through this intro. We got this episode to get to, man. Combo Nation. <laughs> Today's show, Chris Miles of NBA TV joins in to talk top five of all time, basketball media, greatest clutch shot ever, Hawks basketball, and much more fantastic conversation with Chris. You could catch Chris on NBA TV. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Miles NBA TV. Um, I had my coffee this morning, my eggs, and guess what I was watching? NBA TV. You, Candice, and Jamal look like you guys were having a good time, man. You know, it's it was crazy. Sometimes you meet people and you don't know what to expect. Jamal Crawford is one of those people that he's such a good person, and the more you're around him, you're like, man, this guy is just an amazing human. <laughs> right. And you think of him as a basketball player, but very pleasant to be around. And then Candace, uh, she's just a all-time great in every facet of life so yeah really good time being around them yeah i mean chemistry and having fun must be such a big part of what you do right it really is so especially like last night right you have to be with someone now really think about this you have to be with someone from like 4 or 5 p.m to 2 a.m and you have to like figure out things that you want to talk about that you think that most people that like basketball want to hear Right. And right. you have to agree on those. Yeah. Things. And then you have to get like the production team to have stuff to support it. So it has to be a good idea because it has to actually have happened with them. It's not work. Right. Like you just do it. And we end up talking about things that don't air. So we were trying to come up with like our top 10 all time to no longer do it. Yeah. Because the top 10 guys are now, um, you know, 11, 12, 13 are top 10 guys. Well, it's like that every year. There's like 20 top five guys in the NBA right now. <laughs> okay, so crazy topic last night. Jamal goes, uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander is the top five guard in the league. <laughs> what? I mean, we were trying to figure it out. And it's like, would you take Ja or Shea Gilgis-Alexander? I'm like, Ja's sample size is bigger. I'm taking him. But like, if you switched him, who would you take? It's just great conversations that like sometimes you can't have on air, but when he puts it to you, like, oh, this is good. Yeah. Those are the type of conversations that are fun for you and fun for the audience. Cause there's probably times where you might have a conversation that's fun for you, but it's like the audience might not get it, but like, who's in the top five, who's in the top 20. That's always fun for everybody. Oh, in, in all time we did. So we did that one because really Steph makes us think about that. So the conversation is, and his case got a lot better after last season for top First 10. All, it's the yeah. defining what, what Steph did last year uh, puts him, you can't put him outside of the top 15. So your list doesn't count if Steph Curry's not near top 15. Right? Oh, yeah, right. 100%. Like, there's names that you go, hold on. What about the, the big O? Is Steph past the big O? Is he past like Shaq? Like, where is he? 
but he's still playing. Yeah. So Jamal, Jamal's point was like, what if Steph is like Tom Brady at basketball, right? And he plays three, four, five more years and no one's catching his three-point record. Right. You, so we got to put all those things in perspective, but Steph's really interesting. Uh, I now. think he gets past some people because the way he changed the game. So if he's like even with somebody, you kind of almost have to put him ahead of that person because the way he changed basketball. I mean, not a lot of players change the game the way Steph did. Yeah, there's that. And just how he impacts winning. Because there are players that get numbers, right? And I'm just like winning uh, trophies and not like, oh, you were on a winning team or you were in the – how did you impact the game to win? And then what accolades do you have to go with it? So like, you know, there's the obvious ones of like Kareem, LeBron, Michael right. Jordan. And then there's people you start to have arguments and discussion, Magic Johnson. Like those are non-negotiables. But one that was crazy that they posed to us is uh, if Kevin Durant wins another championship, are you replacing Bird in the top 10 for no. King? Because, like, to me, Bird is top five, and I know we have a lot of top five guys. Like, like I'm probably higher on Bird than a lot of people. Okay. So, give me your – watch this. Give me your five. Okay. Um, You're well, going to omit. The, the three are, like, pretty solidified on everybody's list. Kareem, Jordan, LeBron. I got Bird. And who would be my fifth? I know I'm not um, – who would be my fifth? Uh, Wilt. Okay. I would have Wilt. I know a lot of people – I mean, rest in peace, Bill Russell. Rest in peace, Wilt, as well. I know a lot of people would have Bill Russell because he has that many championships. What? Have you seen footage of him play? Like Bill Russell? Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, the way he so glided I up think, and down the court. I think people... But Wilt, but Wilt averaged 50. So here's the deal. Here's yeah. the deal. Wilt didn't win until his scoring went down. And that's what Bill Russell said about Wilt. Like, look, all right... We're going to make him the one-dimensional, and we're going to try to contain that. But if he's not getting other people involved, we're going to win the championship. Right. And for Bill Russell, it's not about the numbers, but about the defense and making sure that everyone else is providing the offense. And he became a player coach, like, in a time where, you know, stuff off the floor was uh, just a lot for him to handle. Like, this guy, I don't know, man. When I really think of Bill Russell, it's hard for me to put Wilt ahead of him, and it's really hard for me to put Larry Bird ahead of him because they played for the same franchise, and he has, what, three times, four times the chips? Yeah. That, I just feel like that peak Larry Bird era was so dominant, like three MVPs in a row. He was almost like a 30-10-10 and 10 when guys weren't getting numbers like that. Bill Russell, a decade. Yeah, and it's crazy. You know, to your point, he used to let Wilt score so he wouldn't get angry. And then by the time the game was over, he wasn't as motivated. Like little mind games like that. Big mind games. Yeah, big guy, big mind games. Yeah. <laughs> so we're talking about numbers a little bit. And now during this recording, as of this recording, there are eight guys averaging 30 or more. Why do you think that is? Uh, drills and skills. Um Every time, so here's something that all the, the former players say. Like, whether you're talking about, like, anytime Isaiah Thomas sees Steph Curry make a move, he's like, wow. Like, legit, you saw my, my body reaction to it where he's, he's like, oh, Chris, did you see that? Shaq does it. Uh, Chuck does it. Like, they all are amazed 
about what these guys can do. So when you say the eight players that are averaging 30 or more, I go across the the, the list and I could say, no, it's not going to happen all season. Right, right, um, 100%. Yeah. Steph had 11 last night, uh, 16 last night, and only took 11 shots because he's like, all right, I'm scoring so much, but we're not winning right now. So how do we, and that's again about Steph impacting winning. What can I do tonight? All right, Jordan Poole needs to, to give up. Let me make sure I make good passes and good decisions. Um, I think what we're seeing is like guys are good at so many different facets of the game where before a guy would be good in one area. So like Shea Gilgis out there, shoot the three, can finish around the rim with both hands, can shoot the mid range, is fast, get up and down the court. And like, he's playing on a team that's six and eight, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's why team building is so different now because it's almost like every player has every skill and it's more about fitting tendencies, skill sets, and personalities than positions at this point, because as you said, like everybody could do everything at every position. Yeah. And I think you got to look more at the field goal percentage or the true shooting percentage to kind of go like, Oh, what's happening now. But I, and I think teams do play as good of a defense as ever. It's just the court's bigger because guys are shooting from deeper range and there's more space to create. Yeah. Do you think we'll get to a point that if you can't shoot and you can't guard every position that you just won't be able to play? Like, I feel like we're almost trending in that direction. We're there now. Okay. Look at, look at guys that are NBA players that are just uber talented that couldn't like Jaleel Okafor. He can straight up ball. Anytime right. he played, it's like 20, 10, you know, 25 points. But you go, why Why doesn't he stick on a roster? Because they put him in that high pick and roll and eat his lunch. And it's like, this guy is incredible, but they can't put him on the floor. So I think we're there now. Well, um, there are guys like, I mean, Ben Simmons, I, I've been a defender of Ben for a while. I don't want to get too much into Ben right now. But I'm like, Okoro, like Matisse Tybal. there's some bigs that can't shoot. Like, we're not all the way there yet, right? Well, these are... <laughs> Matisse Thibault is an incredible defender. Same 100%. thing with Ben Simmons. And 100%. The was drafted for defense. Yeah. So, like, what you're asking me is you're these are guys that they're putting out there, and it's relative. We're saying Okoro can't compare to Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell, but, like, he can, just not at that level that we're accustomed to seeing now. The NBA app. You know, they're giving away free games. They're doing, they're putting on Wemby games. Like, does this, does this ever put your mindset into like thought of like where it's going when it comes to how people consume basketball games, consume highlights, consume basketball talk? Like, where do you think this is all going? Cause I know it's trending in a different direction. I mean, everything's always trending in a different direction, but it feels like broadcasting media is evolving at a rapid pace. Well, I mean, it's trial and error. Yeah. For instance, um, we do bet streams, right? Where during the game, we're giving gambling advice the entire time. Same time as the TNT games. Uh, yeah. And it's just like, whoa. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's a thing that we do. And I think it's really interesting and fun. So, like, if the line changes, what's the over, what's the under? Like, last night's game between the Celtics and the Thunder, Man, that over started at like 247 and a half. Like that's what they expected those teams to score. And I'm like, man, that sounds like a crazy over. 
but it was two, it was 126 to 122, right? So it was right there. Um, so like, I, I think that alternate broadcast and having the option to do it, I think it's good. Yeah, I do think it's good because obviously the guys on TNT, NBA TV, all great, but maybe when you have a 15 year old, right? They're going to want to listen to their favorite creator who's a YouTube podcast creator and they could have another lane, somebody else they could listen to, right? Yeah, so sometimes I think, like I was saying, there's there, there's maybe too many options, and I think people are going to figure it out. Well, I like, think if the NBA gets behind a few of those creators, right, and allows them to create, that could be where we narrow it down. I don't know. Uh, I yeah. have to see it. Yeah, like what you're saying sounds like a good idea, yeah. um, and I think – we'd have to see them go that route, but there's so many things that they're doing. And the NBA is so much fun with how they, they try to get the fans involved and keep them involved. I mean, even on our shows, all the like tweets we have from fans. Right. So maybe that's another road that they go down in, in the near future. Most definitely. Um, the, the league has been crazy in general. Like the tanking teams aren't really tanking. We have Wemby and Scoot coming up. Some of the guys, some of the teams we thought would be contenders are looking pretty bad. Do you think things will shake out or, you know, Utah will be a playoff team? Uh, the Blazers are leading the West right now. OKC doesn't really look like they're tanking. Do you think we'll see things shake out or it's just going to be like a crazy season all the way through? Because, I mean, it's not two games, but it's not 40 games either where we're at at this current point. So I said this to a few of my friends and I was like, you do realize that because, you know, we're just living life and we're not. It's a new decade. And it's a new era. A hundred percent. And we're starting to see the changing of the guard. And this, and Isaiah said this, and I, it rubs some people the wrong way in the sense that LeBron and KD three or four years ago, when they were on the floor, if they were on the floor, their team's winning, like their, their impact on winning was so strong. And now there are points in their career where they can still get numbers but they are not this force that's winning the game, right? Because there are other players that are kind of doing that now because it's, it's their time. We're like in a different time period. And it kind of feels like the, the bubble championship for the Lakers was like the, Oh, is that the, the last like great hurrah from LeBron? Like, is he now a really good player? Not like goat status because it was a decade that we had of him at that level, which is crazy, like 2010 to 2020. Feels like a perfect cap from him going to Miami to that happening in L.A. Um, and when you look at Steph, he kind of defies that because of like, OK, he's getting older, but the numbers. It, but look at his game. So like if you take Steph out of that equation, you really do see a clear line of demarcation in this new era coming in and being absolutely incredible. I think you're absolutely right. And the thing is, is that LeBron obviously regressed. But when it comes to Katie and Steph, they didn't really regress much. It's just that the league is catching up and continuity means so much more now. I mean, Steph's teams were always great uh, playing together, but you can't revolve offense around one guy anymore. So even if you have a KD, yeah, that used to make a lot more of an impact than it does now. I couldn't agree more. Um and when I say that, it's like the reason Utah is dangerous. And I don't want to say they got better, <laughs> but they're more fun to watch. Yes. The Donovan Mitchell dribbling around and then like Rudy Gobert 
catching like two passes the entire game and like Ingles maybe making a few passes. Like it just it it didn't look it didn't look good. It the vibe of, the vibes were off, right? The vibes were off. Yeah. And now yeah, when yeah. I watched him, it's like Mike Conley will look to pull. And like as he's going to shoot, he's like, all right, this defender's coming. I can get this shot off, but boop, one more pass. And it's like a wide open guy. And they and everyone on that team believes that the next guy's gonna hit the shot. And I think that's the key when you say the evolution of the shooting and Steph Curry, like to your point about asking about Okoro, is that in Cleveland, for instance, you look at that roster, they think everybody can really shoot, right? Like you name the one guy on a roster that maybe there might be trepidation, but everyone else, when they pass that ball, yep. you know, they think, all right, this guy's going to make the shot. And even you go, well, Jared Allen, they're going to pass to him around the rim. Right, right, right. Like everybody, yeah. when they touch the ball, they're in a position where they think they're going to hit the shot. Yeah, that fit. That team fits so well together on the offensive side and the defensive side because maybe Darius Garland and well Donovan's actually playing a lot better defense this season. He has all the tools, but for whatever they need, like whenever they mess up, I mean Jared Allen and Evan Mobley are right there to clean it up. So they fit so perfectly on offense and defense. And to your point, like that was such a great trade for Donovan and Utah, right? What's crazy is. I was always high on Larry Markkinen and I kind of had to go, well, maybe I was wrong about the guy. So I'm so happy to see him play. Not. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, Oh yeah, this is, I was trying to tell you guys that he could do this. Uh, and here he goes. So I'm, I'm extremely happy for him. I, you know, the team of the East though, that I look at and I go, all right, is this really happening? Atlanta Hawks. The DeJounte Murray trade. I, I yeah. look at what their prize. I said this, last year and I said this even when they went to the Eastern Conference Finals which was kind of a little flaky that was a little bit of a whim I didn't really believe in that but I was like you know they need to consolidate they need to take some of these pieces that are okay or pretty good and go get a dog and I think if you look at their shot distribution from their game against the Bucks, like that never used to happen you know yeah everyone in the starting five got more than 10 I think they have more of DeJounte Murray's personality, but with Trey Young's like overall scope and the way that he plays. It's like really interesting to watch. That's interesting you say that because DeJounte was definitely taking on the villain role this offseason, like in Crossovers League and Jay Crossovers League. He was like getting into Apollo, bumping people on the head with the basketball. Like he embraced that role and you're right. The Hawks are embracing that as well. Well, again, uh, talking to Jay Crossover about a lot of that stuff, and he tells me about, you know, the way DeJounte came up and the kind of player he was that like, nah, people are just taking notice now. Right. You know right. what I mean? Like he's always been this way, but like in San Antonio, I mean, the guy averaged close to a 20 point triple double last year. Like he is essentially the the Hawks essentially went and got the young up and coming, but maybe better decision-making Russell Westbrook type. Right. Like, right. Same kind of long arms, you know, six four, six five, um, slashing, but like they wouldn't just added that. <sighs> that's that's huge. Like the Bucks have to be healthy now to beat the Hawks before Giannis could beat the Hawks. Right now, right. the Bucks need Drew and probably Chris to beat the Hawks. So let's finish with this. You've been more than gracious with your time, Chris. You have a show on NBA TV where you you know you go through the top ten plays, top ten assists. High tops? Yeah, yeah. That's one there of the we shows. go. There we go. There we go. I had to plug it. Um, 
and you go through clutch plays. So in your opinion, what's the greatest clutch play of all time? So it's more than one play. Uh, it's Michael Jordan against the Jazz. Yeah. Right? They're down, what were they, down three with 50 seconds to go. And this is before, you know, you shot five threes. And people always focus on the shot, right? And I go, nah, man. Carmelo, if you go look at the NBA's all-time leaders and turnovers, there's one big, and it's Carmelo. And Michael Jordan knew that Joker was going to put that ball out there. <laughs> Forget the right. scoring. Michael Jordan was like, all right, one, two, got him. And I'm like, okay, that to me is the most clutch anything I've ever, like, it's just those 50 seconds. And I'm a Knicks fan and I can't stand Michael Jordan, but man, that's number one. You know, we were having a discussion, Jamal and Candace and I, uh, not on air, but off air about like, you know, how people feared Michael Jordan in that era and how people in Kobe's era, like all the players say that Kobe's the best player to them of all time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. In his era. They're like, Kobe, man, he's the best. Like, he's the best. He's the best. That's how they talk about him. And that, like, whenever you were playing against him, there was a healthy fear that when is he going to do it to us? Right. So that's crazy to hear, like, guys say those sort of things. Right. Chris, great stuff. You're always welcome back on the show. Keep up the great work. I'm always tuned into NBA TV. Great channel. You do great work. Thanks again for taking the time. Where can we find you on social media? Everywhere else? Hold on. I think my Twitter (laughs) handle is Chris Miles TV. And same thing on Instagram. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's it. I'm not very big on, you know, most of the things that I hear, I can't tweet. <laughs> ah, gotcha. You know, people, gotcha. people like to be insiders. I have the inside, inside, inside scoop a lot of times. <laughs> like, yep. Can't say anything about that. And even to the point, uh, I'll say this, like with uh, Chris Haynes, that guy, I'll watch him have conversations and I'll be like, like, I'll see him talking to LeBron. Or like Ben Simmons would come over and be like, point to him. Ben Simmons wasn't talking to the media. And I'm like, oh, he just told Chris Haynes something really big. Got to be quiet. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Don't right. get the Twitter fingers, get you in trouble. So uh, <laughs> that's that's why you don't see me tweet a lot. It might be like, oh, look at this video, people. Because, yeah. Uh, well, everyone, if, if you want to hear from Chris, go to NBA TV. Best place to find him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate you. Talk soon. All right. There it is, another episode of Combo's Court Podcast. Punch down on that subscribe button so you can catch all the upcoming episodes of Combo's Court. Share this episode, share it with a friend, share it on social media, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Big shouts to Chris for joining in on this one. If you would like to receive bonus Combo's Court content, check out the Patreon page. I'll leave a link in the show notes for that. Be on the lookout for episode four. Two, two. Enjoy your holidays. Combo out.